Welcome to a special presentation of Barely Audible Whisper, a weekly NPR parody podcast in no way associated with NPR, the Russian Propaganda Episode. Welcome to Perfectly Audible Putin, a weekly NPR media parody podcast in no way associated with Russian media, brought to you in no part by the following Russian parody sponsors. The Vladimir Putin Shirtless Equestrian Association for Masculine Power Projections. Because images of Putin riding a horse shirtless are neither homoerotic nor silly. Flimsy Russian alibis. It wasn't Russia who meddled in American elections, it was... Would you believe Ukraine? Flimsy Russian alibis, now available as Republican talking points. And terrible Russian accents. The regular rules of political correct cultural sensitivity do not apply to terrible Russian accents. Because Russia is predominantly white and predominantly responsible for Trump's presidency. I am Vled. And I am Helga. And our accents are almost as terrible as Ivan the Terrible was terrible. Um, Actually, this episode is about Russian propaganda. It's not necessarily in the style of Russian propaganda, so we can go back to using our regular speaking voices. You're welcome, audience. And so, to set the stage for our special episode of the effects of Russian propaganda in American politics, we begin with a look at the history of propaganda with Barely Audible Whisper's own Harvard history professor who is so pretentious he insists on being called Dr. Professor. The first recorded history of propaganda dates back to the first recorded history of humanity, when the first cave artist painted flattering cave art of the first ruler of the first cave dwellers to avoid becoming the first victim of the first politically motivated assassination. The second cave artist attempted satire. Leader afraid of fire. Fear of fire, funny. Me draw leader with big fire. Come from leader butt, because leader make big fart. Funny fart fire. Point out absurdity of fear of fire. Oh no. Leader no find funny fire fart funny. Fake news. Ooh, ooh. As always, our Trump impersonator is a woman, because we hear he hates that. And in this case, our caveman leader is our Trump impersonator, for obvious reasons. The third cave artist, having learned the lesson of the assassination of the second cave artist, crafted the first recorded, purposely inaccurate headline. Enemy of people dies in fire! More elaborate and deliberately crafted propaganda began to flourish in ancient Egypt under the pharaoh's ruthless but aesthetically pleasing rule. There shall be sphinxes that project the image of pharaoh as a god. And there shall be enormous pyramid-shaped penises that project my penile power. (laughs) 
me. <laughs> the walls of Pharaoh's palace shall be painted with the blood of this scribe who dared laugh at Pharaoh's palace. <laughs> it's worth it. The hieroglyphic propaganda found inside the pyramids depicts images of Pharaoh as descended from the sun god Ra. The Pharaoh is famously posed with one awkwardly bent arm up by his face, pointing in one direction, and the other awkwardly bent arm pointing in the opposite direction down at his waist, which indicates both divinity and an inability of ancient Egyptian artists to accurately paint arms. Arms are hard. If Pharaoh asks, I'll tell him weird bendy arms symbolize divinity. Propaganda would grow more sophisticated over the centuries as political, religious, and wealthy interests exploited technological innovations and advancements in accurate arm art techniques. We shall build magnificent cathedrals whose grandiosity shall inextricably link the power of the church to the glory of God. And we shall fill those cathedrals with splendid iconography depicting realistic human arms. Propaganda first made its way to America when, to paraphrase from the lexicon of educational propaganda, in 1492, Columbus bought European propaganda across the ocean blue. After a careful consideration of what should have been the immediately obvious, I have come to the conclusion that we are not in India. Uh, nevertheless, we shall continue to call the not Indian people who live here Indians. Shouldn't we find out what they call themselves and call them that? After all, this is their country. No, it isn't. It's our country. I discovered it. But this not India, India was clearly already discovered by these not Indian Indians. No, because we did not know that not India, India existed until I discovered not India, India. Which means there was no not India, India until I discovered not India, India. Therefore, not India, India is now Spain. If not India, India is no longer not India, India, mm -hmm. but is now a Spain, mm -hmm. does that mean that the not Indian Indians who live here are now Spaniards? No. The not Indian Indians will always be Indians. But they live in a Spain now. Exactly. This is a Spain now, which means the presence of not Indian Indians is a not Indian Indian invasion of Spain. We must therefore drive out the not Indian Indian invaders of what is now Spain, so that more Spaniards can invade not India India without fear of being invaded by not Indian Indians. The convenient redefinitions, racist mischaracterizations, and illogical logic of American propaganda haven't changed materially since the times of Columbus, as evidenced by the fact that Columbus still has his own bank holiday.
Skipping 524 years ahead brings us to the 2016 American presidential election, where Russian propaganda targeting American swing state conservative voters helped Donald Trump win the presidency. Like Christopher Columbus, Donald Trump is a malignant narcissist and serial rapist whose only real success comes from pretending that his enormous failures were in fact unprecedented achievements. And just as Columbus's voyage to the New World would not have been possible without the backing of King Ferdinand and Queen Isabella, Trump's presidency would not have been possible without the backing of Vladimir Putin. Here to explain the Russian disinformation campaign that helped get President Trump elected is a nerd with a funny voice to make the technical stuff seem less boring. The Russian government launched a two-pronged social media propaganda attack on unsuspecting voters. The first prong was a data mining operation that allowed Russian sources to buy false Facebook advertisements disguised as news articles aimed specifically at swing state voters, identified by data analytics as being most susceptible to their misinformation. The second prong was the creation of social media bot accounts to amplify misinformation by liking and reposting fake news and conspiracy theories, thus further amplifying the misinformation's impact by fooling the social media algorithms into thinking that the stories were more popular than they were, thus generating more views, likes, and repostings. It's remarkable when you think about it. The Russian government tricked millions of people into liking and reposting a meme of Hillary Clinton arm-wrestling Jesus. Meanwhile, this podcast has only managed to attract three listeners. The most infamous example of Russian-generated fake news from the 2016 presidential election was Pizzagate, a conspiracy theory that alleged that Hillary Clinton was running a child sex trafficking ring out of the basement of a popular D.C. area pizza restaurant. Welcome to Pizza and Pussy. May I take your order? Yeah, I'd like a large pepperoni pizza and a sex slave. One I'm with her special. Anything else? Can I get an order of wings with the special sauce on the side? No problem. And I'm with her and an order of wings blue dress style. Pizzagate culminated with a deranged man armed with an assault rifle showing up at the pizza restaurant to save the alleged victims. Nobody move. I'm not going anywhere until you release the child sex slaves you have chained up in your basement. That was a fake news story. This restaurant doesn't even have a basement. Oh, well, then can I get an on with her special and an order of Wings Blue Dress style? The man was arrested and has been ridiculed as a lunatic. But if you think about it, of the millions of people who believe the fake Pizzagate story, he was the only one who reacted rationally. He believed a story about a sex trafficking ring at a named location and thought, Oh my God! Hillary Clinton is running a sex trafficking ring out of a pizza restaurant. I've got to do something. I'm going to go save those kids. But millions of other people believe the exact same story and thought, Oh my God! Hillary Clinton is running a sex trafficking ring out of a pizza restaurant. I've got to do something. I'm going to go retweet this. So, thanks to Russian propaganda like Pizzagate, Donald Trump was elected President of the United States of America. And the bad news is, is that's not even the bad news. 
Because in the three years since Trump has been president, Russian propaganda in American politics has expanded beyond social media to infect official White House statements, American foreign policy, and congressional Republicans' talking points. Case in point, President Trump is being impeached, in part because he attempted to extort the Ukrainian government into investigating a debunked conspiracy theory that Ukraine and not Russia interfered with the 2016 presidential election. That conspiracy, which has been parroted by multiple Republican members of Congress, comes directly from the same Russian intelligence agencies that interfered in the 2016 election. Which brings us to our top story. Seriously, you're three segments into the episode and you're just now getting to the top story. Shut up, nagging hypercritical inner voice of self-doubt. There was a lot of exposition to cover. Well, maybe if you didn't start as far back as cape art from the Paleolithic era. Like I was saying, our top story tonight comes from a little-noticed investigative story from Lawfare Blog headlined, The Biggest Social Media Operation You've Never Heard Of Is Run Out of Cyprus by Russians. The article investigated Soul Publishing, a Russian-owned media company based out of Cyprus, a hotbed of Russian money laundering. YouTube channels produced by Soul Publishing, which primarily feature clickbait life hacks and dumb brain teasers, have the third most views behind only Disney and Warner Media of any producer in the world. You're just jealous because your podcast only has three listeners. Soul Publishing's most popular clickbait life hack YouTube channel is called Five Minute Crafts and produces fast-paced videos that teaches viewers how to make things out of household objects. Here's four ordinary empty tin cans and a cheap wooden cutting board. But if you paint them all one color and tie them together with a rope, you get a fun, decorative storage space for kitchen implements like whisks and spatulas. As stupid as most of the channel's content is... Jealous. It's completely apolitical and innocuous. It's not like they're doing anything overtly dangerous, political, or anti-American. Here's an ordinary pipe, some fertilizer, and a fuse. But if you mix it all together and mail it to your congressman, you can teach the imperialist bastards a lesson. However, one of Soul Publishing's supposedly educational channels called Smart Banana, which features a cartoon banana wearing sunshades, who narrates factually inaccurate history lessons, has recently started publishing some strategically pro-Russian and anti-American content. Hey kids, it's your old pal Smart Banana. The sunglasses-wearing, animated banana, drawn in a style vaguely reminiscent of Schoolhouse Rock. That is, of course, if Schoolhouse Rock was set in a dystopian Soviet hellscape. In a recent posting of absolutely galling revisionist Russian history, Smart Banana compared Joseph Stalin to Robin Hood. Describing Stalin's reign of terror, quote, He took the wealth from rich people and the property from the middle class and united all of these people with the poor ones in the collective farm and the collective property. Russian Robin Hood! While we here at Barely Audible Whisper find the ahistorical comparison of murderous dictator Joseph Stalin to the legendary folk hero Robin Hood morally reprehensible, we are also painfully aware of the fact that Soul Publishing has millions of subscribers and we only have three listeners. So, in an effort to emulate the success of a company that favorably compared Stalin to Robin Hood, Barely Audible Whisper presents the story of Robin Hood, rewritten to be more like Stalin. Sell out. Hey kids, it's your old pal and favorite foodie phallus, Smart Banana. 
Did you know that the legend of Robin Hood shares many parallels with the reign of Joseph Stalin? It is I, Robin of Luxley. I steal from the rich and either give to the poor or brutally starve them to death depending on the situation. Spoiler alert, they usually starve them to death. Hello Robin, I would like to join your band of merry men. Ha-ha! <coughs> we are not merry men. Homosexuality is forbidden. I would also like to join your band of aggressively heterosexual men. My name is John. I'm six foot seven and weigh 295 pounds. I shall call you Little John. Quite. <laughs> Little John. It's funny because in reality he's really quite big. Ha-ha! <coughs> It's not funny. I call him little because he is little because I say he is little. And so, Robin and his band of aggressively hetero, let's just call them the party, snuck into the royal festival where Robin participated in the archery contest. The archer who went before Robin hit the bullseye perfectly with his arrow. Little John, execute the archer. Little John, but you'll get <laughs> From this day forward, it will be recorded by history that I, Robin of Luxley, followed the archer's perfect bullseye with a shot so amazing it split his arrow in twain and landed an even more perfect bullseye. That's ridiculous. Even if you did somehow manage to hit the other archer's arrow, there's no way the trajectory of your arrow wouldn't be affected by hitting the arrow- Ha ha ha! I'll praise Robin Hood in his amazing archery skills. Make that peasant a general! And so, the legend of Robin Hood's incredible feat spread throughout Sherwood Forest to the delight of the peasants. Most of the peasants were delighted anyway. Some peasants did not believe the story, so they were executed. Other peasants believed the story, but were not sufficiently delighted, so they were sent off to the gulags, where they were tortured, until they became sufficiently delighted. However, the peasants who were sufficiently delighted were rewarded with positions in a band of men in the party. I'm horny. I want to have sex with something. And so, Robin Hood and Maid Marian's legendary love story was born. Oh, I love you, Robin. And I'm not just saying that because if I didn't say it, you'd have me killed. Oh, how I love thee. Who the hell is thee? Whoever thee is, I shall have him executed. No, dear. Thee means you. Guard, I want you to execute thee. Very well, sir. <gasps> she killed herself. The guard killed herself rather than kill thee. This thee is a threat to my authority. No, dear. Next available guard, I want you to execute thee. Very well, sir. Another guard committed suicide rather than kill thee. This thee is the greatest threat to my power since the last thing I overreacted to. No, dear. Like I've been trying to tell you, the word thee simply means you. Are you correcting me? Of course not. I would never correct you. And not just because correcting you would get me killed. I have the utmost respect for thine intellect. Who the hell is thine? 
I hate intellectuals. Next available guard! This went on for many months, and hundreds of thousands of guards were killed. Until one day, King Richard returned home from the Crusades. I have returned from the Crusades to reclaim my rightful place on the throne. Ha-ha! And immediately upon his return, Robin Hood had King Richard executed and erased from history. King Richard's brother was sent to the Gulags, and the Sheriff of Nottingham was retained as the head of Robin Hood's secret police. And the people of Sherwood Forest starved happily ever after, while Robin Hood perfected his mustache. Ha-ha! Later in the same ahistorical Russian history video in which Smart Banana compares Stalin to Robin Hood, Smart Banana claims, Alaska was gifted to the United States by Soviet Premier Khrushchev in 1957. Merry New Fourth of Columbus Veterans Valentine or some such American holiday. I give to you as a gift, Alaska. But America purchased Alaska in the 1860s. Uh, sorry, this is new to me. Communism is sorely lacking in gift-giving holidays. A subsequent Soul Publishing video lists the United States as one of 12 countries likely to no longer exist in 20 years. Hey kids, in 20 years the United States will cease to exist. And I should know, I'm a propaganda cartoon penis wearing sunglasses and if history has taught us anything, it's that Joseph Stalin was a nice guy. And that cartoon penises wearing sunglasses are trustworthy sources of information. And yet another video falsely claims that former President Obama falsely claimed an official end to the war on terror in 2016. The funny thing about that video is that it depicts Obama lying by showing a close-up of a hand with its fingers crossed. But the hand is white. Because, of course, a propaganda penis wearing sunglasses that promotes Stalin as Robin Hood is also racist. Unsurprisingly, Soul Publishing denies that they have any political objectives. Nothing to see here. Just an enormous Russian media company quietly operating out of the Russian money laundering capital of the world. Teaching people how to make kitchenware out of uh, tin cans and occasionally telling absurd lies about Stalin. I suppose it's possible that Soul Publishing isn't deliberately publishing Russian propaganda. Perhaps they're just a successful company that just happens to subscribe to an insane political philosophy like Hobby Lobby. Welcome to Hobby Lobby, where we believe that sex is only permissible for the purpose of procreation. Also, we sell hobby supplies because if you only have sex for procreative purposes, you're going to need a lot of hobbies. Hi. I believe that sex is only permissible for procreation. Please help me keep my mind occupied. Maybe if I mold some cute little bunnies out of clay, I can channel my sexual frustration into something more adorable than homicide. Clay molds are on aisle three, books about clay making are on aisle four, and all forms of contraception are in hell where they belong. Mm -hmm. To be fair, after the Lawfare article was published and then amplified on The Rachel Maddow Show, Soul Publishing has taken down all of their controversial content. 
In accordance with Seoul Publishing's company policy of not being propaganda arm of Russian Federation, Seoul Publishing unequivocally states... How do you say in English? Uh, oops. But if you're dumb enough to believe that, then you're probably dumb enough to believe that Joseph Stalin was Russian Robin Hood. What exactly is going on with Soul Publishing remains unclear, especially since Lawfare and The Rachel Maddow Show are literally the only two media sources that have covered this story at all. Not to worry, all three of your listeners now know about it too. Shut up, nagging hypercritical inner voice of self-doubt. Just because we focus on quality content instead of mindless clickbait and algorithm manipulation... You're so jealous. Anyway, here was some possible explanations for what might be behind Soul Publishing's recent surge in Russian propaganda is Barely Audible Whisper's conspiracy theory correspondent, conspiracy theory novelist Dan Brown. Not to be confused with Barely Audible Whisper cast member Dan Brown, who portrays conspiracy theory writer Dan Brown because having Dan Brown portray Dan Brown creates a kind of needless confusion associated with Dan Brown. Actor and writer Dan Brown here, not to be confused with conspiracy novelist Dan Brown, who, as Dan Brown the actor I am currently portraying, in the kind of double Dan Brown plot twist you'd expect from Dan Brown. Soul Publishing claims to be an innocent purveyor of idiotic life hack clickbait. Wow, so Dan's jealous too. But Soul Publishing doesn't have a single YouTube channel that was created before 2015. How does a clickbait company amass the third largest following of any media company in such a short period of time? And why is Dan so jealous? And on an unrelated note, why do my nagging hypercritical inner voice of self-doubt and Dave's nagging hypercritical inner voice of self-doubt sound exactly the same? But I digress. Maybe if you stayed focused, you'd have more listeners. Why did Soul Publishing spend four years building a following through non-political content, only to start in with blatantly false pro-Russia ahistorical messaging? The most plausible theory seems to be that they wanted to establish trust amongst their ridiculously large fan base. So jealous so that they would be more susceptible to believing the propaganda they would eventually be fed. Wow, a new video from the not-at-all-politically-motivated life-hacking media company I've decided to trust completely ever since they taught me how to make a coffee table out of old toilet paper rolls. It's your old friend Smart Banana here. Did you know that Donald Trump was anointed president by God to help Vladimir Putin return Europe to its rightful Russian overlords? I did not realize that, but it must be true, because if I learned anything from the last penis with sunglasses video about how Joseph Stalin was a nice guy and penises with sunglasses are reliable sources of information, it's that Joseph Stalin was a nice guy and penises with sunglasses are reliable sources of information. I know that seems like an implausibly dumb reaction, but consider the fact that millions of people liked and reposted a meme of Hillary Clinton losing an arm wrestling match to Jesus. And more than 60 million people were dumb enough to vote for Trump. Did you know that the Electoral College was invented by God to punish Hillary Clinton for Benghazi? However, there's an even more nefarious possibility. In addition to craft videos, 
Soul Publishing posts tons of so-called brain teaser videos to solve puzzles. Perhaps the answers are being collected as part of a data mining operation. Take the first three digits of your social security number and multiply them by the next two digits of your social security number. Then, subtract the last four digits of your social security number. What's your social security number? While some of the riddles are basic logic problems, others are essentially trick questions that rely on common psychological misperceptions to trick people into perceiving the wrong answer. Viewers are then asked to post their responses and reactions to the correct answers in the comments section. Please post in the comment section and be sure to include your psychological weaknesses. I mean responses! Could Soul Publishing be using those comments to build psychological profiles of their followers? I honestly have no idea. But consider the fact that Soul Publishing recently started buying ads on Facebook. And those ads were political in nature. And those ads targeted the United States. They only spent $5 on the ads, and the ads only reached 1,000 people. But still, consider the fact that the ads Soul Publishing circulated were nearly identical. With very minor but very specific differences. And consider the fact that this is a common marketing technique known as A-B testing where ad companies test two messages by running them against each other to see which message performs better. Could Soul Publishing be performing A-B testing on Facebook even as we speak in preparation to interfere in the upcoming American presidential election? Again, I have no idea, but yeah, probably. Nothing to see here. Just an enormously far-reaching media company suddenly perpetuating extreme Russian propaganda and buying political ads on Facebook related to upcoming American elections. The rest is... Uh, how you say in English? Witch hunt. Is Seoul Publishing plotting a targeted Russian propaganda campaign on social media to dubiously influence the outcome of the 2020 election? Or are they just a successful media company that accidentally made a couple of oopsies? Please answer in the comments section, and be sure and include your voter registration information. Hmm, that's weird. My voter registration is no longer valid. I wonder if this has anything to do with the fact that I said I thought Soul Publishing was plotting a propaganda campaign. Of course not! I believe him. After all, if history has taught us anything, it's that Joseph Stalin was a nice guy and penises with sunglasses are reliable sources of information. So, what have we learned about Soul Publishing? That Joseph Stalin was a nice guy, and penises with sunglasses are reliable sources of information. No. That there is nothing to see here. No. That Alaska was given as a gift to America by Khrushchev because communists don't have gift-giving holidays. No. Mm -hmm. What factual information did we actually learn? We learned how to make a coffee table out of old toilet paper rolls. True, but that is beside the point. 
You know what? We'll just go ahead and summarize what we know about Soul Publishing. We know that Soul Publishing, a Russian company based in Cyprus, has the third largest YouTube presence of any company in the world. And even though they built their following using apolitical clickbait videos, they recently started pushing insane Russian propaganda on their YouTube channels. Joseph Stalin is like Robin Hood, but cuddlier and with a better mustache. While it's technically possible that they're just a successful company which occasionally expresses their weird political beliefs. Welcome to Hobby Lobby, where sex is evil, so we stencil instead. Based on Russia's recent history of interference in our last presidential election. I got an I'm with her pizza and sex slave special with an order of wings blue dress style. I ordered a Jeffrey Epstein suicide. I'm so sorry about that. I'll have Attorney General Bill Barr cover up a Jeffrey Epstein suicide right away. It seems likely, if not obvious, that Soul Publishing is using their large YouTube presence and the fact that both the President of the United States and Congressional Republicans have been actively parroting Kremlin talking points to launch a propaganda campaign aimed at influencing the 2020 election. Here's a list of 12 ways Joe Stalin is better than Joe Biden. Number one, mustaches. And while it remains completely unproven, it is at least possible that Soul Publishing has been using its seemingly innocuous apolitical content to mine user data. Here's a fun puzzle. If you have $1,000 in your bank account and Soul Publishing takes $1,000 out of your bank account, what's your bank account number? So while the preponderance of evidence makes it all but certain that Soul Publishing is engaging in a propaganda campaign targeting our upcoming election, we must also at least remain open to the possibility that... Dave's just jealous of their massive subscriber list. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this special edition of Barely Audible Whisper, made possible by the following people. Writer, co-host, and producer Dave Baldwin. Co-host Molly Brown. Actor and Dan Brown. Daniel Carter Brown. Actors Ellie Glonick and Tommy Strack. Returning for his second time to Barely Audible Whisper, our friend actor Jason Williams. And a very special welcome back to the talented and beautiful actress, Corey Burns. We're very, very pleased to have her back again. Please subscribe to us, resubscribe to your podcast, follow us on social media, and we thank you for your support. <laughs>